So in this episode, I sit down with my friend and fellow church elder, Bryce Bays. We talk about our wives and our relationships with them. We talk about raising kids, raising cows, fixing elevators, and all sorts of things in between. Welcome to Burnham Podcast. I'm your host, Danny Burnham. That means that we're live yep. and we're rolling. Does it feel weird now? You don't no. feel any different than it did? I, just I told you. Uh, okay. Well, but just a lot. I'm glad you're coming. You know what you're, What else you've done really well? This is Bryce Bays, everybody, ladies Good. and gentlemen. Um, the, the catechism, you've done like super well with that. It hasn't been. Have you ever been spoken in front of a room before? I did some college, uh, you know, public speaking. Okay. Hated every minute of it. Oh, yeah. Um, but no. No. Never before. Okay. No, not generally. So, uh, I should back up just a little bit now. Bryce is an elder at Rome Reformed Church, which is the church where I'm the pastor, the church where we are right now here in Sanctuary with this cool backdrop. Um, this is not a Google background, by the way. Every time I'm in a Zoom meeting, everybody's like, is that a Google? No, man. This, these are real bricks. It's my wall. Bryce is an elder with us. He uh, does our catechism questions every Sunday. Picks out psalms for us to sing. Lots of uh, heavy theological responsibilities, right? That's good stuff. But no, as far as being in front of the room, like you're worried about it. The first time we were talking about oh, it, yeah. you were like, oh, I don't know if I could get up. And and you just nail it every Sunday. Well, I, I so I, last time I didn't wear a hearing aid, so that helped. I can actually tell when I'm here wearing them. It just sounds like I'm inside myself and I it's very loud. So I can't tell. So it's worse for you to talk with them in. Right. Okay. Because I, I hear it very loud. Okay. So, so you hear yourself very loud. Oh too. yeah. Yeah. I gotcha. But yeah, it's just a learning curve. I'm yeah. I've had them for a year, but I'm still nah, figuring out. It is what it is. Yeah. But I mean, I don't know. It's a necessary evil, I guess. Cause it's nice to be able to hear except for when you're talking and you, you're the sound is echoing off the inside of your skull. Mm-hmm. But so when you're not the elder, of a church, well, you, well, you always are the elder of a church, but when you're not being the elder in a church, um, you don't have to say the name of your company or anything, but what do you do? Oh, I'm a, I'm a, so technically I'm a helper. Okay. <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm a helper for an elevator mechanic. Uh, so I'm, I'm in the elevator industry. I got you. Uh, TK Elevators. Okay. Yeah. Which is not a sponsor of this show. <laughs> oh. I try not to say brands and oh. companies. It's all right. It's cool. I asked and you told me. Yeah. Um, how long have you been doing that? I just started in November. So I get insurance at six month mark. Can't wait. So it's almost the first of May. Yep. You're right there knocking yep. on the door, right? Yep. And, and I should have told you before we got started, I'll probably ask you, the answer to, I mean, ask you questions that we've already talked about before, but for the sake of our millions and millions or uh, dozens and dozens of, of listeners, well, we may hash over a few things again. So as a believer, this is where it always comes back to on the episode. You're an elevator repair guy. Mm-hmm. Call yourself a helper, but you're an elevator <laughs> repair guy. Um, how does your, how's your walk with Christ overlap with your your everyday job so um like daily i I talk to mechanics who some claim they're christian some don't um but the mechanic i work with the most i've already noticed he'll go and 
you know, say, oh, darn it, or, or try, to, <laughs> try to, you know, use different language yeah, a little bit yeah. here and there. Um, so uh, it does seem like I have a little bit of influence already. Um, All right. But I'm just constantly on, on the guard of how I talk and how I yeah. present myself because it is more of a wild crew than what I'm used to. Yeah, yeah. So you were... You're out and about now, right? I mean, you're working in a different place all the time? Uh, no, I work at one building, uh, Circle 75. Okay. Uh, so right where 285 and 75 meet on, yeah. the, on the north side. Okay, I didn't I didn't realize. I thought you just would have to go wherever the repair was needed. Yeah, if he's if my mechanic's on vacation, then yeah, I'll go somewhere else. But okay. It's, it's always going to be in Atlanta, roughly. Right. Yeah. Okay, well, cool. Yeah. So when you're not being an elevator repair guy, what are you into? Um, anything and everything, guns. I still play games. Like, yeah. you know, I like playing games with the kids, yeah, video games. Yeah. But shoot, we just played, um, have you heard of Machi Koro? Uh, that's a board game. Uh, I have not, uh, but now I feel like I should have. Yeah, it's, it's fun. Um, my son and I played that last night and had a ball. Machi Koro. Yeah. What's I, the premise? Uh, you, essentially you're just building you're just flipping cards and, and buying cards with the their currency. Okay. And as you roll the dice, the cards will help you gain coins or hinder you, depending on what cards your right. opponent has. Um, so it's like Monopoly in life. Yeah, just about. Yeah, because okay. you got to roll and, and buy these buildings and stuff. But it's, yeah. All right. It's pretty fun. It's It's simple. But it's fun. So we're, we're teaching physical responsibility to the kids, right? That's it's right. like we're hiding it, disguising it uh-huh. as a game, which I guess is what we do a lot of times as homeschool parents anyway, right? You guys homeschool your crew. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're always looking for that little thing that, that they're learning, but we kind of disguise it as playing in the woods oh, or, yeah. or tending the the critters or, or whatever you guys have a farm, right? So uh, you have your little farm where you do your farm stuff and you have how many kids? Uh, six. six, six, six kids, yeah. six farm hands, <laughs> 12 farm. Well, hands. Oh, we got one who doesn't like animals too much, but she's good in the garden. Okay. Yeah. Well, it all balances out. Right. Yeah. But, uh, so you guys, what was your, what was behind your decision to homeschool? You guys both went oh, to public yeah. school. Um, we almost, we just about, Decided on that pretty early after having children. Um, we were both public schooled, mm-hmm. and hmm, there the government. <laughs> it's okay. It's yeah, a, I used to do it, man. I get it. Right, right. So we there's many things we disagree uh, about with our government yeah. um, and the way, specifically the way they're running schools. Right, um, and just the fact that you get to spend, you get to raise your children. Um, I, I less so than Madeline, yeah. but, uh, um, somebody's got to pay the bills, man. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. I, I, if I could find a way to work at home, I tried, yeah. I'd do it, um, yeah. and see them more, but, yeah. but I, I still, I'm, I'm home, you know, besides about 50 hours a week. Yeah. Well, now you're down, you're four days a week at your mm-hmm. regular job, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. That's nice. Yeah. So I, I call it 50 hours just cause travel and all that. But, right. Most of the time they're sleeping. I mean, I, I get there at five. So. Oh wow! Yeah. Yeah. So you don't miss most of their day, I right. guess, because yeah. they're probably up a little later. Home around four or so, so it works out. Cool, cool. Yeah. So, but it never even 
cross your minds to send your kids to school? No, no, not at all. Um, I mean, we talked about it when we had kids, but realized that we were not going to do that pretty quickly. Yeah. So uh, let me ask you, because people ask me all the time, and I know what I tell them, but what do you tell people who say, we can't do that? Or, you know, it's not yeah. for whatever. I hear that all the time. Uh, really, I mean, you're going to find an excuse to... to just to said the sing. word right up front, right? Hey, I'm, I'll be blunt to them. <laughs> yeah, yeah. My, just like, um, you know, I've got, you know, family who they would like to homeschool, but yeah. uh, it's it's a lot of work. Yeah. It is a lot of work. Yeah. And it is convenient to be able to send your children off. So... Um, so I always tell people that... We couldn't until we could, you know, we found re- excuses. Right. Well, I don't say reasons, but well, we, we can't do it because of this or because of that or money or jobs or whatever. And my wife and I both have different jobs now than we had before we started homeschooling our mm-hmm. kids um, because we wanted to homeschool our kids. Mm-hmm. So, you know, Jocko Willing, one of my favorite people to listen to, says excuses are lies. And as it turns out, he's right. Oh, yeah. People don't like hearing that, and they get upset when you call them liars. Well, it's not. You're not lying to me. You're lying to yourself when you right. start making excuses. But uh, so, what do you, what what's the question? The question that people always ask you about homeschooling your kids. You know the one I'm talking about. Uh, are they weirdos? Yeah. How are you going to socialize <laughs> them kids? What What's your answer for that? Uh, well, first off, they got plenty of of socialization at home. Right. You guys got eleven kids <laughs> yeah. over there. You know? um, but we also do a co-op, so that every Tuesday they go out and do school. Or Madeline is a tutor there too. So, um, but also, I mean, we'll, we go out and. It's hard to get them to not talk, so they are social. I love your kids, man. Yeah. I love them. So, yeah, they, you just you live life with your kids, right? That's what I always tell them. They say, "Why well, do you socialize your kids?" And I go, well, "I don't know, man. I, I have to get back to you after we get back from uh, jujitsu and chorus and uh, and co op and uh, and and I want to pick my daughter up from work. She's fifteen. She's got two jobs because she's wild. Goodness, you know. So when we sort all that out, I don't know. We'll squeeze in some socialization somewhere, and you know, that's I don't know. That's always the cheesiest question. Well, your kids right. are gonna be weird. Well, like. Our kids are going to be different, you know, but when you're around a bunch of homeschool kids, you get kids that look you in the eye and shake your hand mm-hmm. and say, yes, sir. And right. no, you know, there's a maturity there that yeah. you just don't see in public school. Well, even the best, and man, I knew I worked with some great ones and I like to think I was okay at it. Like, great, great teachers. And, uh, they poured their heart and souls into their jobs. But mm-hmm. at the end of the day, it's them versus 150 kids. And they don't have time to say, okay, little Johnny, you're supposed to say, yes, ma'am, when I do a favor or ask you a question, you know, or whatever. And thank you and please. And that's us. It's on us. So whether we send our kids to school or not, that's still on us. Yeah. I had some impressionable teachers in, uh, I think in like first grade, I got my desk dumped out on the floor in front of everybody. Okay. Because I wouldn't turn in homework. I just, you know, it was one of those uh, desks that had a big old pocket. You just, yeah, you could throw you everything, everything in there. In. It's very unorganized. Yeah. And that one moment there just changed everything. I, I was from then on became very organized, <laughs> turned so, my work in. <laughs> um, so I, I do believe, yeah, there's a lot of good eggs yeah. in public teaching. There is, man, but it's just, it's, such a big workload. Yeah. And I and, and trying to go against other people's children is the main thing. I 
having our children is fine. Right. But you try to teach other children. Yeah, it's tough. Yeah, oh, you can you can do a lot of things. And I guess you're you're not an old guy, but I guess you were right on that tail end of the generation of teachers that would dump your desk out on the floor. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm 30, um, but I had some firecrackers. Yeah, yeah. No, that's good stuff, man. That's good stuff. But that's what it takes, you know. When when they talk about it taking a village to raise your kids, like those are the people they're talking about. Like, yeah. don't don't just let any old villager impress upon your kids and you know stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But it's cool that you guys do that. What, what co-op are you guys part of? Oh, man. It is a classical conversation. Oh, that's what we do. Yeah. I, have we not talked about this before? Um, we might have. I'm sure Madeline and Jessica have at some yeah. point. Yeah. But, yeah, but I didn't realize you guys did we've CCT. Done it, I think it's like four, let's see, four or five years. Maybe oh, four. Okay. We just finished our, or our finishing our second year. Okay. So we did some other stuff before that, but... We didn't know what we were doing and didn't take much time to research it. We just saw a window to get our kids out of school, so we did. There you go. But, uh, yeah, you do what's best. And then, man, Classical Conversations is fantastic. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's we a, like it. And Madeline just started tutoring for it, too, so um, that'll be a little cheaper for us. There you go. That's what really what it's all about. Right? I get that discount. But, yeah. Man, especially, how many, how many guys do you have? Uh, so four in okay. on tuition or whatever you call yeah. it. Yeah. Whew. Yeah. That's going to get worse before it gets oh, yeah. better. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so your kids range from 11 mm-hmm. to, just hey, turned, I'm going to do this, a year and three months. Sure. Yeah. Yes. So you got one that's just, she's a couple years younger than, than our youngest. Mm-hmm. You guys are all across the board. Oh, yeah. But, well, no, I mean, if you look at it, it's every two years, just about. Was that the plan? No, the plan, when we got, let's see, when we were dating... We were agreed, yeah, three kids would be nice. And we, yeah. we kept that. And when we got married, we was like, yeah, three kids would be good. Then we had three kids. We're like, okay, this is cool. Four kids. Let's do four. Because I'm one of four. Right. She's I'm one, I'm of, one of four. Okay. And we thought that'd be too cool. And then we were done. We we're like, all right, this is a lot. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We were like, okay. Workload grows exponentially at that point. Big time. And so like just a few months after our fourth, we we're like, all right, this is it. So I went and got a vasectomy. Said no more. It's too much. We're tired. I'm doing the math on this now. Right. You had four. Yep. You have six, and there was a vasectomy in between. Yeah. So then, so about two years later, I thought, wow, I, I shouldn't have done that. And so we booked a, a vasectomy reversal. A guy up in uh, he roams a couple of states, but uh, I think we had to go to Boston. Oh wow. Yeah. Um, but he does it as his ministry, so it's low cost reversals. Uh, okay. And um, booked it, and he was like a year out, and just you know, kind of a bummer. It's gonna yeah. take so long, but we're like, okay, well, well, we will be patient for this, right? And then all of a sudden, like he had an opening, and just bam, got it done. Okay. <laughs> and um, and it, I mean, it's it's just been you know, it, I'm very fortunate at work because it was extremely painful. Uh, yeah. my advice now is to just, uh, pray and be patient. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> oh man. Well, that's cool, man. Um, so six kids, I can't like, I don't know. We would have five. So we'd be right there with you. Yeah. No, we wouldn't. No, no, uh, I still six though, man. That's like, that's three to one. Oh yeah. <laughs> that's yeah. a bunch of them. Yeah. That's a lot of diapers. Yeah, I, I remember, and Tango, you remember Mark Summers, 
you know, who's our pastor at, uh, at Cassville. And I don't know how many kids they got now, man, but I asked Mark one time, I think they had six or seven at the mm-hmm. time. Uh, maybe he's got eight or nine now. It, it, it's like a baseball team. It's, right? it's, it's ridiculous. Uh, he's got a bunch of them, but I was like, Hey Mark, what's the deal, man? You know, well, I mean, do your thing, whatever. <laughs> it's your family. You got to feed all those kids. Um, but why, why do you have so many kids? And he was like, he was just straight up. He was like, well, there are other religions that average like seven or eight kids per household. And he didn't say, I forget what the word was. He didn't say outbreeding, but they were out, out populating us ah, yeah. and spreading their religion with, by just having more kids. And I was like, holy smokes. And then I was waiting on the punchline, right? I, I was, I thought he was kind of joking with me and like, Mark, serious. You remember him talking about this stuff? Oh yeah. 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 It was wild. It's seven, by the way. It's seven is that seven. Right yeah. Well, he had is what he had it looks a like. Couple of like nephews or something to live with him at one point too. But yep. yep. Yeah. So yeah. So it's but that's what he told me. He was like, man, these other families and these other religions have six, and eight, and nine kids, and I was like, okay. Well, God bless you. You have your twelve kids or whatever you want to have, but uh, that's a ministry in and of itself, right? Oh yeah. Yeah, it's so, a full time job. Yeah. Well, and that's sure. what I what I talked to you about when. I don't know. It must have been your second or third time to come to church. And I was like, hey, what do you think about being an elder? Because <laughs> there weren't any at the time, right? It was right. just me. Um, and you were like, well, I don't know. So do you, do you teach your kids at home, right? And you were like, yeah, yeah. I was like, well, you're able to teach. And you got all the other stuff that they talk about in First Timothy. Like, you're good to go. So, uh, yeah, so you're, you're qualified, right? I mean, because you got your own schoolhouse That's there right. and your own congregation. Uh, but it's good stuff, man. It's uh, If you can do that, I mean – you can stand up in front of a group of adults, right? Yeah, I guess that's not Which one bad. do you think is harder? Um, well, trying to get the kids to pay attention is a task in itself. So I'm doing that. I don't really have to do that up there. Madeline's pretty good hand. Well, you're still – you get up pretty early in the service. Yeah. Like 30, 45 minutes into the service, I look out, and there's people – some of you turkeys are asleep out oh, there. I know. <laughs> some of my turkeys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, some of these adults, too. God bless them. I don't say anybody's name. Our church is little, man. If they listen, they're going to know who I'm talking about. So stay awake in church so I don't talk about you on the podcast. Um, but uh, but that's cool. So what kind of farm do you guys got? Uh, we're on about five acres. So I've, I fenced in about an acre and a half, and we just run – Everything we can out there. We've had. We were talking about this just off air, right? Just to... Yeah, we've had goats. Just got rid of a couple cows, uh, but we we've got one big. We call her Mama. Mm-hmm. Uh, she just had a calf, so we're getting somewhere between a gallon to two gallons of milk from her every morning, Ooh. which is awesome. Um, and all the cows were stepping on the chickens, so I find oh. yeah, it's bad. They don't survive that too many times. So they will limp around. And eventually start walking fine, depending on how bad it is. (laughs) Right, right, right. But so finally, I put them all up, put all the chickens in their own little pen, and they're all better. And we're getting, I don't know, something like 20 eggs a day. So Yeah. I mean, you need them though, right? uh, Right. Yeah. We're running through that many. So, and I'm trying to, I'm trying to eat around like 180 to 175 grams of protein. Okay. And that's an easy way to do it since they're, you know, it's free. Man. Yeah. So... I don't know. What do you? Would you recommend that lifestyle to other people? I mean, that's uh, a lot of work. Yeah. So it, there's chores every day. Yeah. Um, I mean, we love it. So, yeah. No, yeah. I, mean, I, I would. I would definitely recommend it. It's just as long as it's something you can commit to and not neglect animals. Right. Right. 
Yeah, that'd be the, the tough part. It was just making – I mean, because I'm sure that there are things to do when you get home from work and you're, you just don't feel like going out there. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, if you're going to live that lifestyle, I guess. I, I'm, I'm hearing you talk about this stuff when we got we – got, well, we got like 25 now mm-hmm. chickens. We got five that are adults and they're layers or whatever, but we got 18 like teenage-ish chickens oh, yeah. that are on their way. But, oh, but at uh, least they're past the – you know, the – the tough yeah, early age. They're not like in the laundry room anymore under the heat lamp or anything. They're outside, but it's cool. Um, so you were talking about just personal curiosity. You're getting a gallon and a half, two gallons a day of milk from the cow. Mm-hmm. How much does the cow, the, how much does the calf need? Um, so it's, this actually works out real well. It's called calf sharing. So we'll put her up at night, uh, the calf yeah. and let mama roam around. And then in the morning we'll come and milk her. And so she's just full as could be. And then we'll let the calf out in the morning and then she'll just go at it. Just milk all day long. Oh yeah. Well, I mean, you know, they, they graze around, roam around and such, but oh yeah, she goes and drinks a lot. So you, you guys drinking raw milk at your house? Uh See, so they've been lying to us about raw milk. I, yes. And that's another part, another part I disagree with the government and how, I mean, you just saw that they, I think they passed some legislation where I think next year maybe we'll be allowed to purchase raw milk in grocery stores. Ah. But so I think I initially it was to be the, you know better for the consumer and right. to not get sick and, and whatnot. But raw milk's good for you. Man, we bought some. You have to buy it under the guise of feeding it to your pets, <laughs> right. right? Nowadays. I drank like half a gallon of it. It was it was pretty good. It's, it's fantastic. Yeah, that really is. It, it was just better all the way around. Mm-hmm. Um, but I just, I don't know. I have to feel like that lifestyle, and I don't I don't think it's a sin to not live that lifestyle, but I think that that lifestyle where you're at least somewhat self-sufficient, you, you got a couple of chickens and you're eating eggs or you got a cow or, or whatever you got. I kind of feel like you're, I don't know, it, it's it's a, a more of a, I'm, I'm trying to be careful with my words here. It's not... I don't know. You're going back to like biblical times almost, and you're living like the people that you're reading about in the Bible. Yeah. Because that's what they did. They didn't have grocery stores and, you know, meat packing plants. And, and oh, you, I, got, you got thoughts on it. I can see yeah. <laughs> I can, I can agree with you to an extent, but I still think we're still too, I don't know, deep into like technology and, oh, yeah. and just yeah. and distractions. And yeah, and I, yeah, it would be ideal to go back to those times i always tell madeline i'd like to see what like the 1800s would be you know to like before electricity and such yeah then that'd be fantastic well like people didn't i guess some people had jobs like jobs they did but like you did whatever you did at home or if you you built help people build houses or whatever you had to go there and do that but like everybody had to feed themselves Mm -hmm. so you had your garden and you had your livestock and you had your Home plant, I guess the problem now is that you got to buy the land. And it's tough without a bunch of land and a gajillion cows, it's tough to pay the rent if you don't also have some kind of job. Right, and and pay taxes. Because they're going to tax you and tax you and tax you. Yeah, bless their hearts. Uh -uh. (laughs) (laughs) Uh-uh. Well, that was, we we just did a bunch of that with the church. We, We just got through the process of, finalizing our nonprofit status and all that stuff. And that was kind of a, 
of back and forth because we're like, we don't want the government involved in the church, but we don't, we really don't want them involved in our bank account. Mm -hmm. So we weren't going to be able to save money as a business without being taxed. So this is the, the, the work around the way around that. But, uh, I don't know. You, you take it where you can get it, I guess. Right. And I mean, we try to do, uh, I think there's like a homestead exemption or ag exemption. Yeah. If there's going to be a tax break. I'll go for it. It's Absolutely. I'll pay my taxes too. Yeah. Uh, and, and attempt to do so joyfully. Um, <laughs> it's tough, right? <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, if there's going to, if there's an exemption, I'm going to go for it. hundred percent. All day, every day. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so you guys, you have your farm, you do your thing. You're all, I want to gas you up a little bit and I don't, don't disagree with me or shake your head. And you guys are pretty stout, staunch, uh, believers. You're, you're, I mean, you're living the life. Like it's not just a thing that you do on Sundays and you, you teach your kids and you're, you're showing them the way and you and Madeline have this marriage that's based on biblical principles and, and uh, that's, that's good stuff because you guys are still in that age gap, right? Between 18, I guess you just crossed over into 30 though. Mm -hmm. So you're, you're on the tail end of that, but where people leave church and then they never come back or they don't come back until they're 30. Mm -hmm. Um, you guys are doing it right, man. Well, uh, honestly, we were built on a, not zero foundation, but, um, on a very, uh, Sandy foundation. Yeah. When we, we got married at 18, I was, we, I did not lead our family and take us to church like I should have. Yeah. Um, that took a few years. Um, and, and the odd thing is I would go to church. My, our parents would just drop when I was a kid, our parents would just drop us off and we go to church and yeah. they come and pick us up after they ate breakfast or something. And eventually we got to where my brother was driving and he would take us to church. My parents would just stay home. So, you know, I was, I was led there for a while uh, yeah. as a kid and, and saw a good example and then just kind of let that fall to the wayside. But, you know, God has done a work in our lives. Very obvious. Yeah. Cause we're, we are have a solid foundation now. And, um, so what was the turning point? Um, Somehow, I guess we talked to some friends who were like, "Hey, come to our church. It's uh, it's got a bunch of young people." And that was one of our things. We had we went to the church that I went to when I moved up here to Carsville, mm -hmm. not here, but to Carsville, and they had a young marriage married couples thing. Okay. And we were twenty, and everybody else was like thirty, thirty-five. That's the most awkward right. thing ever, right? Right. So we were like, "This is a young married." So so that kind of like threw us off there. And then someone invited us to a church. We went there, loved it. They they preach verse by verse, and we enjoyed that a lot. Like a fantastic pastor, right? Somebody uh, preaches verse by verse. <laughs> so, um, but I mean, we did leave there, um, and and we grew a lot there. Yeah, and obviously came here. So, but it amounted to somebody inviting you to church. Yeah. Wow. So you went to church because somebody invited you, after not having been in church. Right. Man. Funny how that works, right? Yeah. Like you, you, you know, you knew, you guys both knew that you were supposed to be in church. Right. And I mean, yeah. we would go to Castle occasionally, yeah. And, and sometimes, uh, uh, I forget the other, the Methodist church that just split up over there in Carsville. Yeah. Can't remember the name now, but I don't, I don't know. It, it's 
sadly, one of the hardest things to do is to walk into a church cold, right? Like never been in there before. Maybe don't know anybody. We picked this church because it's three blocks from the house or, you know, whatever. Um, Yeah, it's a tough thing to do. Mm -hmm. And we joke about it in here a lot on Sundays about whose seat is where and Cause you know, it happened to me once that I walked into a church. I went for, it was like a special service. I don't know if it was a revival or a singing or what, but I sat down in this seat and this is like a Tuesday night. Like this wasn't even a Sunday morning, but this lady walks up and she's like, Hey, you're in my seat. And I said, I'm in your seat. And she's like, yeah, I've been sitting there for 30 years. And I was like, Oh, well then by all means. And I got up and left. Now I was I was 19 at the time. Mm-hmm. Now I would have just moved down a couple of seats, but I was like, yeah, I'm not doing this. Mm-hmm. But somebody who didn't know better would have gotten up and left too. But, uh, but to get in the door is tough. And it's a big deal when somebody invites you, right? Cause you invite me to church and I already, I know somebody there cause you've invited me. Um, man, I hope people from our church are listening to this and they're all going to invite somebody to church on Sunday. Um, or whenever you listen to this, that Sunday too. This is, this is the time thing on the podcast, right? Mm-hmm. Like This is how it works. Because somebody will listen to this in 10 years, and it won't be April the 25th of 2023 then, but it, there, there will still be a Sunday coming then. So invite people to church then. Anyway, I just, I don't know. That's the hump that a lot of people have to get over. I don't know anybody there and mm-hmm. my kids and, you know, this and that. Um, There's a church in Cartersville, and I ran into the pastor the other day, I used to meet in a bar on Tennessee Street, James, the pastor's name was James, uh, Cross Point, Life Point, something or other. Um, yep. You got it? Oh, no. Okay. I you, you saw your phone going over there like you were about yeah. to pull it up. Um, we, we visited their church when we were going to Casper. We just decided, because we still, up until the time I started pastoring, we would just visit another church on occasion. So we mm-hmm. go to this church, parking lots across the street. And a dude comes running out. And I think I told this story on the last episode too. The dude comes running out in the street and is like dodging cars like Frogger to come over and welcome us to church and get our kids in the nursery and take us to the coffee bar and all this stuff. And so like we didn't know anybody there, but we knew that guy. So like a lot of times it's putting somebody out front to shake hands and greet people and stuff like that. We don't do that. We got to start doing that. Even uh, as small as we are. Yeah. I mean, when I see someone, I'll, Generally, I'll shake yeah. their hand and say, "Hey, I'm Bryce." And you know, I feel like everybody that visits our church gets a pretty solid welcome. Yeah, I don't and like. I forgot who you had on a while back, but yeah, I don't try to rush anyone and try to run across the street or anything. <laughs> Write like that. down your contact yeah. information. There. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So just um, ease them in. Yeah, yeah. But I, I do. I feel like, and I worry about it sometimes. I feel like people get a really good welcome at our church because there are so few of us, and it's mm-hmm. such a big deal when somebody comes in. But I don't want it to be like overwhelming either. So right. I don't know. But uh, I think there's a thin line. But I think it'd be better to be overwhelming than to be absolute cold shoulder. That's my seat. Yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Um, so you got you got back into church, um, and you I don't want to call it bounced around a little bit, but you went to church to a couple different places mm-hmm. until you found what you felt like was a good fit. And I guess that was Rome Reform Church. Oh yeah. So, what you live in Cartersville, mm-hmm. which I don't know, it takes you guys 30 minutes to yeah, get here. Yeah, um, how many churches do you drive past to get here? Probably 100. Yeah, right, <laughs> at least. I was thinking, I counted one time from my house, we live three miles from the church, 
and we drive past like 11 churches. Yeah. Um, so why do you drive past 29 churches to come to Rome? Reform? Well, we haven't visited all of them, so you know, <laughs> okay. I can't knock them yet. Right. Well, not, not to knock them. Right, but, right, right. Yeah. I can't, uh, you know, say I wouldn't go there. But no, I, I enjoy our, you know, we sing psalms. We're not yeah. um, trying to sing music from Bethel or... Uh, you know, hill song or anything like that. So <laughs> it's a different podcast episode. Yeah. Um, and then you know, uh, keeping it simple by going through Bible one book at a time, one verse at a time. Yeah. Um, which is what you're doing right now. We've had you know Drew preach to you. Yeah. Um, so that's I don't know. Oh, and to not have a uh, you know, all the children aren't just you know shoot away to another service. Yeah, they are encouraged to stay with us. Yeah, I mean, and that becomes that become. It's not a problem. It's never a problem when I hear a kid making noise in the service. Like mm-hmm. I don't care at all because when I'm dead and gone, he'll be the church. Mm-hmm. Who's that? Your your little ones, my little ones, somebody you know, somebody else is like that's a big deal. Uh, it's important to us to have all the kids in there, and it, it gets kind of hectic sometimes, especially right at the beginning. And then right at the end, when we're just getting started and we're going, everybody's got to sit down now and be mm-hmm. quiet. And then we do communion every Sunday. And that, you know, that's, it's kind of a, yeah, I don't know, for kids, it's, it's a little bit tough to sit through because we're, we got the wine and the bread and we mm-hmm. got to sit still while we pass it out. And, but it is important. It's, it's always been important to me to have your kids in service with you. Mm-hmm. Um, and for us, where we are right now, we have one room because we're a small church, and it's not like we have the option of a nursery anyway. Right. Um, but it, it's a blessing to me to hear you say that because uh, I'm sure there are people that would come to our church and would go, well, yeah, I mean, because you don't have a nursery, they can sit with us and, it, you know, whatever. But it, I don't want Somebody's going to take this the wrong way, but the church is – we talked about this a little bit with school earlier. The church is secondary as far as raising the kids go. All that stuff starts at home. Mm-hmm. And the church is part of that. You bring them to church. You show them the way. You sit with mom and dad in church and listen to the, the, the message and, you know, all that stuff. But it's it's part of what we do. It's important. It's an right. important part. We structure our whole week around all that good stuff. But the family is your first church. Right. Make sure they're, they're hearing God's word. Yeah. Not only just at church. Hey, there you go. That's tough though, man. Cause I got a job and we got some hobbies and we got a, and I'm not the greatest at that even as a pastor, but we have to. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, I'm sure there's an ideal time you can work out whether it's distracting them while they're you know, not distracting while they're eating. You, 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 you know, got them nailed to them. down then, right? right. <laughs> or, well, we just do it every night and they've just grown accustomed to it's time to sit on the couch, read the Bible. Yeah. Then we'll pray. And then they're able to go off and either do their own thing or go to bed. Depending on. Yeah. You know, yeah. Big age, age range there. Right. That's good stuff, though. That's a priority. I mean, it's it's got to be. Mm-hmm. But uh, and, and being consistent. I mean, obviously it's a priority, but it, like, you know, just doing it. Every single night, yeah, uh, they grow to expect it and enjoy it. Well, that's the key, right? Is it you make it routine, and they grow to expect it, and they go, "Well, and if if you're not right there at seven thirty or whatever your time is, they go, "Hey, it's seven thirty. Like, right. you know, let's 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 get this going." Yeah, 
but kind of like Sunday morning when it's 10, 29 and some people are, you know, like, Hey, it's, it's about that time. Let's, let's get this going. But, uh, but no, I, weird. I was super glad to have you guys. First time you came to church, you know, we started out with three families. Mm-hmm. You were our fourth family. Um, and then we've added another since then. And we've had a revolving door of other guests and, and that's cool. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's, that's just part of it. But, uh, you guys have been like, you've been there, you know, since the first time you walked in the door, it's never been like, well, we're going to try it out. And then we're going to go to 50 other churches and then we'll, we'll get back to you and let you know. But so, I mean, that's, that's what got you here. And that's what keeps you coming. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, we're, we're encouraged, extremely encouraged, uh, hearing, you know, your story and how you guys were like, well, these churches aren't going to meet. We'll meet. Yeah. And, and that's the way our, uh, the church we were going to, we, they, for a few Sundays there, well, probably a month. Yeah. They said, no, we're, you just guys can log in through this portal or whatever. And we did it. And it was just, I, I don't know why I, I should have, I don't know. I guess I, I allowed myself to, to, to buy into to some of it for a while. Yeah. Oh, we all did. Yeah. yeah. So, um, you know, it'd be hindsight's twenty twenty, but right. So was twenty twenty. <laughs> but yeah, I think we all learned from it. And uh, Tango, me and you were talking about this beforehand. Uh, we don't live stream, and I don't. I don't think I ever want to live stream because you start live streaming and people are like, "Well, that's church. Mm-hmm. I can just stay home, and it's not the same." And it's not Hebrews ten twenty five that tells us to gather together and. Mm-hmm. You, know, you can look at the number on Facebook and be like, yeah, there's 11 of us on there right now, and we're you're not gathering yeah. together. Yeah, um, good luck taking communion. Yeah, right? Yeah, let me pass that to you. We'll, we'll upload your wine and cookie. I don't know. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, no, it was a big deal for us to, to have somewhere to meet. And I sort of inherited this thing from another person. It wasn't our church gathering then. It wasn't for, you know, we started meeting in – April or May, and then we met through like August, and people's churches started opening back up. And then we weren't Rome Reformed Church until the next April. Hmm. So two years ago, just a couple of weeks ago, matter yeah. of fact. Um, but yeah, it just wasn't an option to not meet and to not gather. And they 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 cut people's heads off in parts of the world for gathering together as a church. Like the least we could do was risk getting the the. China flu. Right, know, right. Yeah, no, there's no government, uh, you know, arresting people here yeah. uh, for us. But, I mean, yeah, we just chose to let fear win. Yeah, we did. And like I said, all of us did for a little while. Because it was, I don't know, churches started closing in March, I guess. And then it was middle of April or maybe a little after before we started meeting. Mm-hmm. But uh, there just wasn't a plan. And churches just closed one day. And we're like, well, shoot, what do we do? But uh, well, we did talk about recording the occasional service and, and posting it. Just, I don't know. What do you think? We'll talk about it on air. Um, we don't live stream because we want people to come to church. What do you think about recording and just posting the occasional service just so people can see what it's about? Yeah, I, I think that's fantastic. I listen to sermons, you know, uh, in general anyway, yeah. whether it's through a podcast or you know, YouTube or whatever else. I got you. Um, yeah. I just feel like like we're called Rome Reformed Church, and there are Reformed churches, but there aren't very many churches that call themselves Reformed. Right. And I think a lot of people kind of get hung up on the word. What does that mean? And 
what does it really look like to sing the Psalms? Because I had never done it before we started gathering, you know, during our, our little temporary COVID church. I'd never sang the Psalms in church before. Right. And I was like, man, why would you do this some other way? You know, once I heard that's God's word. And we're just singing it back to him. But uh, so Bryce is in. That's two of us. Out of the three, we voted now. We're going to record. All right. Then. <laughs> Call this meeting to order. Um, anyway, uh, so no, but like I said, we're, we're glad to have you guys and, and for you to be part of the plurality of elders and, and Madeline, you know, with the kids and, you know, and and it's awesome, man. You guys are just great. Um, did you have anything you wanted to talk about? Like that you wanted to bring up on the show? I'm running out of stuff to to ask. Um, I, I guess I should, I should ask how's, uh, how did your, um, relationship with your wife start on you know building that foundation and uh, how did that go we were a little different than y'all you guys started dating got married when you were 18 right i was 33 okay so at that point i had been in ministry already me and jessica knew each other way back she's six years younger than me um and we met about the time she was 16 and i was 22 Mm-hmm. We had some mutual friends that were, and I was doing, I was working in like youth ministry at the time, just super weird uh, to think about now. But, uh, she was, we were around a lot of the same events because she was in youth and I was working in youth. Um, so I knew her, I knew who she was. And then 10 years later, she messaged me on Facebook and she's like, Hey, I see you post a lot of scripture and things like that on your Facebook. Where are you going to church these days? And I told her. And then the next Sunday she came to church. Um, and then we started dating two weeks after that. Now, here's here's the, the funny side of that story. I was sitting around a table. I mean, Jessica and I started dating. We called it official on my birthday, September 9th, right? Her birthday is August 23rd. And mm-hmm. we hung out a couple of times in between those days. Um, but right around her birthday... I was sitting around with a group of friends who were about my age. We were all like late twenties, early thirties. We're all single. None of us ever been married. And we were talking to somebody was, it was a pity party is where it amounted to. And somebody's like, we're all going to have to marry these people that have been divorced and have kids and all kinds of stuff. And I was like, I beat my fist on the table. And I was like, no, there are a bunch of us in this room. That means there are others out there. We're, we're not going to have to do that. It's not going to happen. So then Jessica sends me this message on, Facebook about the same time she had a three-year-old from <laughs> she hadn't been married before, but she had a three-year-old from a previous relationship. And then there I was dating somebody who just a few days before I swore would never happen. But, uh, so she started coming to church with me and brought Ayla with her. And, uh, we just never looked back. Yeah. You know, I was, uh, I became a deacon at church not long after that, which we, we functioned as elders, you know, whatever. But, um, but I had been involved in youth ministry and other teaching Sunday school and stuff for, I don't know, five or six years at that point. Hmm. So like I had kind of figured that stuff out. I say figured it out. I, God had finished me, you know, so to speak at that point. Um, so she kind of got a grown up rather than having to make me grow up, mm-hmm. but she still does. And, you know, 10 years later, um, 11 years later, we just celebrated 11 years. Wow. But, uh, yeah, so she's beating all the bad habits out of me now. What, what was left? But yeah, I was, I was involved in all that stuff already at that point. Um, 
but uh, yeah, so that was kind of our story as far as how we got going. Now, if you had asked her then, she probably never would have said, yeah, I'll probably be a pastor's wife one day. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, we, we inherited, or I, I inherited a Sunday school class at one point, um, not long after we got married from my mentor, Seth Arnold. You remember Seth? <laughs> yeah. I, I still see Seth sometimes. Uh, matter of fact, I'm going to see him, I think, next week. Um, so she's always been around that and she didn't know she was getting ready to be a pastor's wife this whole time. But Mm -hmm. Mark Summers told me I'd be a pastor too after probably about the same time he was explaining why he's got 11 kids. Um, but yeah, he was like, Oh, you can do it. It's easy. I remember him saying that. Now I hear those words in my head all the time (laughs) when, when things happen, you can do it. It's easy. Okay, Mark, uh, sign me up. But, uh, but yeah, here we are. So she's a pastor's wife now and I'm a pastor and it's not, I mean, it, I thought, here's what I thought. I thought, yeah, this will be an easy first pastorate, right? Because it's just a few people. It's a small, there's no such thing as an easy, because people are still people, right? And we still deal with with human issues and there's still bad times. And, you know, and I, I think back, like we started having church in April of 21 and then we lost our son in June. All right. You know, so we had been a church for no time at all, like, some of us didn't know each other, even as small of a church as we were. And so then we, as a church, had to figure out how to navigate that. And we missed a couple of Sundays in there. And they kind of, they just got together and studied the Bible in, in place of a, a regular service for those couple of weeks. But um, I think it made us stronger. Obviously, you know, we wish things hadn't gone that way. But as a church, we came together kind of around that and, and it strengthened us and it, you know, it's kind of made us who we are and God still blesses us. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I like to think that my strength, my faith has been strengthened and that we're more faithful now than we were before, even as hard as that was. Right. But, uh, so yeah, so, but here we are two years later. God's still good. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. So. And in the new building. Yeah. Yeah. We've been here since January, and yeah. it's almost the end of April now. Um, still making rent. Still making rent. Still making rent. Here's the best part, right? And I'll, I'll say this on the air, and if people at church listen, then they'll know. Otherwise, I'd tell them pretty soon. Um, we've got budgeted, like we're good on our budget for like two years. Wow. Yeah. So as long as the intake keeps balancing the outgoing we're, we're good here for two years even as small of a church as we are um with that said we need more churches you know somebody asked me um when we were starting this church they said does Rome, georgia really need another church we had a bunch of them right there's churches everywhere um so i say to this guy where do you go to church and he was like well i don't go to church and i said Rome, georgia needs more churches <laughs> <laughs> So don't just go out and start one because you think you can, because I, I would directly advise against that. But, you know, form a committee, get some people together and talk about the idea, have some meetings in your house. We skipped over all that. Yeah. We didn't do the house meeting because we had already kind of had a background and we just jumped right into the hotel meeting room. But uh, where are we at on time, Tango? 47 minutes. Really? Okay, cool. How much time you got? Uh, till the kids go to bed. Okay. <laughs> Around eight or so. I got you. Until uh, the cows come home. Right. Right. 
Well, that's true. I got to do some chores before dark. I got you. I got you. Well, we'll let you run then. You got chores to do. We've been here longer than I thought, though. I figured 20, 25 minutes. You know, when you get talking, you go. I guess. I'm usually pretty good with the time, though. And that's why I don't have my phone on the table most of the time because I hit it a million times and look. But, uh, but no, man, thank you for coming on. Thanks for having me. Yeah, we'll do it again sometime. All I've right. enjoyed it. Yeah, it was great. All right. Thank you, guys. God bless you. We'll see you next time.